Good day, good day, and welcome to Your Voice, Your Power. I am Anika Wilson. Today, I have someone with me who is full of depth and knowledge, and she speaks about life on a totally different perspective, which is totally my jam, and I'm so excited to have her today. I want to introduce to you guys Susan Greif. Hey, Susan. Hey, Anika. Thanks for having me. Uh, it is definitely my pleasure. Can you tell listeners who you are and what exactly you do? I am a creative transformational expert, and I use the creative, expressive, and healing arts to help my clients relieve old stuck energies that keep them feeling paralyzed, powerless, panicked, and in pain. I'm to take actions to lead a healthier and happier lifestyle with a mended heart. I say mended heart. Whoops, my thing came off. I say mended heart because the name of my company is Art Men's Hearts. Uh, I'm also a speaker and an author. So um, I use the arts mostly because art makes our thoughts, emotions more perceptible and more tangible so we can actually see what's in our subconscious and be awake until it keeps us stuck in our ways. And then we can take action to move forward and make shifts in our lives. I love this because, you know, one thing about being a creative is that a lot of creatives feel a little bit harder than some other people. And I think that they don't know what to do with it. They think that it's a weakness for being vulnerable. And so everything that you do kind of tailors to that, to the fact that you're using that creativity as a coping skill, as a healing mechanism, and you're able to work through issues, actually bringing them to the surface, dealing with them and working through them. Right with that coping skill. Yes, and yeah, and there are other coping skills, you know, the breathing, the meditation, the writing, I have them do journaling, and so we do movement, and you know, it depends on, you know, drama, it depends on my clients. So using all the creatives and the healing arts, I do energy work too with those who are comfortable with that. What do you mean by energy work? Um, it's, two ways. One is I do chakra work mm -hmm. and I use um, art as a way of seeing what's blocking the mm -hmm. chakra. And I actually have a series I call Art Chi, Understanding Your Chakras. Mm -hmm. And then I go through each chakra. Or I do energy health. It's like a more of the healing touch system where I go through the person's body and I'm finding the points in their body where it needs to be released. And then um, when there's a blockage, we do body dialogue and we have a conversation with that part of the body. And this way we can actually listen to our inner wisdom, which we usually neglect because that inner critic is so much louder. So if that shush the critic and listen to our wisdom. <laughs> I was literally just talking about this at lunch today because a lot of people don't respect your intuition. Like you tell somebody something and it's a gift. A lot of people yes. don't know how, you know, when you're a spiritual individual, you you use these energies. And I, I ask you that, but I grew up meditating. So I'm very familiar with it because, you know, there are a lot of different religions and practices. People think it has to be a religion. It does not. Yeah. It's actually just learning tools that help you, you know, know yourself and be in tune with yourself, with your mind and with your body. And so Absolutely. I'm listening to this and I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> It literally does things such as heal chronic pain, um, heal trauma, you know, um, helps with anxiety. It literally does all of that. 
if you just commit to doing it, learning it, and, and doing it repetitiously. Right. And this is why they call it a practice, right? It's about exercising, practicing, and it only gets better with time. And you were talking about religion. You know, every religion, you go pray. Even those moments of prayers are a form mm -hmm. of meditation. Yep. So for those people who think prayers mean like to leave thoughts out of our mind, you know, prayers or journaling or art or dance, they're ways that we can actually see and feel what's going on. So, you know, I always say that um, it's an act of meditation, art and draw and writing. They're active meditations. They're like taking the wow. stream of consciousness. Yeah. And it's like you're in the zone and your brain actually, you know, um, works more intensely with your hands than your mouth. So when you're in the zone, you actually releasing energy and you're releasing the thoughts that keep popping in your head that you want to get rid of. And when we see these thoughts, whether in words or drawing, it becomes a record of a pattern that comes up for us. And when we recognize the patterns, then we have, then we can actually stand back and say, Hmm, I can tweak this, you know, yeah. it's kind of like an artist, you know, you paint the sky a certain blue and then you stand back like, Oh, you know what? No, I want to tweak it. You know, I want to add clouds or, mm -hmm. or whatever, or even a dancer, an athlete who records themselves performing. Mm -hmm. They look at themselves and they have to say, you know, look back, say, Oh, wait a minute. I wish my jeté was higher. I wish my song like that, you know, you know, harder or whatever it is. So yeah, it's recording. It's so true because I'm sitting here thinking about all the people that think that internalizing is healthy. You just named every way that you can get thoughts and feelings out, how you can practice, you know, whatever you're doing, if it's a skill, if it's an art, if it's a craft, how you have to get it out. You have to let it out. And then you have to review it. You have to analyze it. You have to learn from it. You have to grow from it. And it's, you know, it literally fosters everything that we talk about in life. Everything from work to school yes. to craft to relationships to everything. It's the same practice. Right, right. And, you know, if, if something's not working for you, there's a reason. And we have to, you know, learn, like, what is it that's not working, not right? Insanity. Exactly. So, and I think part of... Um, it's just so important for us to make changes in our lives to, because adaptation is actually one of the seven characteristics of every single living organism. And without it, we can't survive. So if we don't change, we don't shift, we don't adapt. Mm -hmm. We actually die physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. So we need to adapt. So, you know, we're, we're never going to be happy doing the same thing over and over and over again, <laughs> like Einstein says about insanity. I, I use that word all the time because in therapy, that's the first thing everybody wants to tell you that they need help, but then they're not willing to change the things that need to be changed in order for mm -hmm. them to have a different outcome. And it's like, you know, it, it, yeah, that it's, that, it's that magic pill. We're looking for the magic pill. Okay, when you find it, let me know. <laughs> exactly. Everybody's out for a hunt for it. And believe me, and they're even trying, and it's not working. That's not what you're looking for. Right, right. I always use the um, a metaphor about being in the dark womb, our mother's womb, 
and how comfortable and warm it is and safe it feels until we start growing. And then all of a sudden, like there's this discomfort, like you don't know what to do with yourself. You don't know where to grow. You don't know where to go. And all of a sudden you see this like little birth canal, but you don't know what's on the other side. So you like, you're scared. And so like, you know, you're vacillating back and forth. Like, do I go through? Do I not? Do I go through or not? But if you in order to get through, you have to actually do work and that's called labor. <laughs> And then you finally get through the canal, and then there's the light. Yes. The light at the end of the tunnel, you know, and you see things, you learn things, you acknowledge things, and people see you, and people acknowledge you, so it's something to be said. Absolutely true. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm sitting here dying laughing because the metaphor is so, how can you not get that? It's... <laughs> It's true, and it happens that way. And guess what? It's uncontrollable. You're gonna come. Like no matter whether you're ready or not, it's right. time to buck up and go right. ahead and just show up and show out because right. you know there's nothing you can do. And that's the thing is that you talk about comfort. Right, right. And I mean, listen, if the mother crosses her legs, you're done. Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. So. When you talk about, um, you, you do like to focus on identity. What do you think about the concept of identity? Um, I, think, I think it's very important for us to know our identity. I'm going to share a dream that I was journaling during my transition into figuring out what I want to do when I grow up. I was a stay-at-home mom for many years, and I was struggling with my life. What do I do? And that's when I became more introspective, and I decided I chose to doodle and draw and write. Doodle and write. That was my journal. I decided to keep journal, and, um, and I also started keeping a journal of my dreams. So every night, I have a pad and pencil next to my bed. First thing I do when I wake up is write down my dream, and then and go back to sleep and write down my dream. And then I can come back to it. And then I ask myself questions like, what do I think it means, right? Because it's, mm -hmm. it's a reflection of me. So what was happening, and I, I found this pattern. We talked about patterns. What was my pattern in my dreams? Was I go to the airport and, you know, I go with my husband to the airport and we get to the airport and then either, you know, I either I forgot my bags or I left my passport at home. And I was never able to make it on the plane. And my husband was always angry at me at this dream. But they kept coming back, either it's my bags or, or my passport. And then it, then it hit me. Until I was ready to leave my baggage behind. And find my own identity. I was not, gonna, I was not able to soar. Wow. So my passport is my identity because I was always my husband's wife or my kid's mother. I was never Susan. Mm -hmm. and, and the baggage we have to let go of the things that we carry that are just too heavy and we can't take it with us. Uh, otherwise, it keeps us down also, right? It keeps us down. So, and then I went through the process. I started going back to school. And I tell you, that morning I woke up when I was on the airplane. I, I, I get so emotional thinking about it because... That's always my reminder of like, you know, let it go and be who you are. And, and, uh, you know, and it was interesting because it took time for my kids to accept, you know, me thinking about me for the first time. And it was, yep. you know, and going back to school and, 
and, and taking time for me and saying, sorry, kids, I can't today, you know? Um, so I'm blessed that I have the ability to have the balance of work and family because that's my family is so important to me, but I need to learn that I was important to me too. Hmm. I love that that is your story because so many people need to hear that. Thank you. Yeah, it is. I think it's important. And, and, um, and as women, we're nurturers. I mean, we're, we're brought up as nurturers. The first thing we do is we play with dolls and we take care of them. We dress them, we brush their hair, we feed them. And we learn, we're trained innately almost, you know, you know, ancestrally, this is what we do. So we're so always used to taking care of others that we neglect ourselves sometimes. Mm-hmm. And when we do, we run out of energy and we can come depressed. We can come angry, resentful. Mm-hmm. All these emotions come up, but we're definitely not happy, you know? And so, you know, like the oxygen metaphor that everybody talks about these days, like, you know, the caretaker needs to be reminded on the airplane to put the oxygen mask first before they're taking care because it's not, it's not natural for us to like, no, first, it, I've always had a problem with that. Every time I've been on a plane, I get angry because I'm like, no, I'm putting it on my kid first. Right. But if we don't take care of, we can't breathe. Well, how can we take care of somebody else? You know? So that's what it is. We have to, you know, have, if we are, if we're vehicles, if we're cars, you know, we have fuel in our bodies to drive others. But once the car runs out of fuel, pop, 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 we're no good to anybody. So we have to refuel. This is so true. So how hard was it for you to step into your identity? Was it something that took months, years? Like, did you struggle? Um, I actually, I think I had a hard time with it for many reasons. I actually wrote a a chapter for an anthology. The anthology is called um, Life Sparks. And my chapter is called Crossing Bridges. And I share the crossing bridges, all the bridges I tried to cross, but um, for some reason or another, I was never able to make it across the bridge. All these goals I had in my life, you know, I had studied um, biology, psychology. I was pre-med in college, going to dental school the following year. And I got into dental school. I got my books, my, you know, utensils. And I came back home that night with my instruments. And I turned to my then fiance, who just asked me to marry him, to return the books with me. I was too anxious to start dental school, knowing I have to plan for a wedding and that, you know, perhaps, you know, I want to have kids. Do I want to be in dental school back then? We're all having kids. Do I, would I still want to be a dentist if I had kids? So all these thoughts and and I come from a very traditional home, so my father was always like, no, oh, don't have to, like, put your hands in people's mouths, <laughs> you know, that real traditional, like, just gonna, you know, the only reason to go to dental school is go find a husband, but I was already engaged, so I didn't need to find one, <laughs> you know, and then it was just like, it was one thing, but you know what, it, it actually, I believe in everything for a reason, because mm-hmm. within the next eight years, I got married, I had four kids, and I lost both my parents. So dental school would not have been in the works for me. Yeah. So, but then like there's other bridges to cross. I mean, you know, I had thinking I was going into photojournalism. That's another story. And all these little bridges. Mm -hmm. And then 
Yeah. And then my story in the book begins, and my chapter begins um, with the story of do you remember that story it was an old norwegian folktale about three billy goats trying to cross a bridge oh, yeah. with a troll underneath it mm -hmm. so i talk about how the billy goats want to cross this bridge to get to greener pasture mm -hmm. but you know when they would come up the troll would come up and you know scare them and try to say i'm going to eat you up and you know one billy goat after the other didn't let him do that so i want that troll to be that negative talk we tell ourselves or, or the person, you know, that told us why we are afraid, why we shouldn't cross the, yeah. you know, our bridges. You know, yeah. Why shouldn't. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, just to, to per personify that troll, whether it's somebody who beat us down or said something that wasn't encouraging, you know, or, you know, and that became our own thinking pattern. Mm. And with that thinking pattern manifested a behavior. So... You know, I listen to you and it's so many people's story because, you know, I'm a, mil I'm a mil military wife and it's so many women who put their lives on hold to fulfill their roles. Yes. And I, I really want women to understand that you can be more than your role. We can, we're, we're built to, to do more. We're like octopuses with eight arms and we do it well. And it's okay. You know, you can do, you know, what it is that your intuition or your goals or your dreams or your craft or whatever it is, you can have your own business. You can have friends. You can be a good mom. You don't have to sacrifice yourself, right? you know, to fulfill your identity because your identity is associated with a role. And right. I listen to you because it's funny that that concept actually applies to most women that I talk to at some point they have struggled with that concept. Right, right. It's, it's a really hard concept. And I think because, I think women look for perfection and approval. Mm -hmm. yeah. And when it has to do with perfection and approval, then, then that's, you know, a big problem. Because it doesn't have to be perfect. And what is perfect anyway? Exactly. Who's to say what is perfect? It's so true. So. And approval, definitely, because um, I often say that we don't mature until our 30s, you know, and that confidence factor is not there because we're still trying to figure it out. And we think that we know, but we're not sure, but we're not, you know, we have that doubt. And you said, you even said the doubt is bigger than, you know, it, it's, it's funny because it's like, you know, I, I often look at how women think we're all different. We're actually more alike than we are different. We think the same way and then we think it's just us. Right, right. And I think, uh, I think women, you know, one of the things I talk about a lot is the idea of women coming together and uh, go back to our primal purpose. You know, we were gatherers, men were hunters. You know, the women tried to be hunters in the 1970s, like they threw the bras into the fires and then they went to work with these big shoulder pads, pinstripe suits so they can look like a man and strong and, and try to climb up the ladder. But you know what? When men hunt, they pushed everybody out of their way to gain what they needed. And women, they don't do that well, you know. And, and there's also a negative connotation that goes with, unfortunately. Unfortunately, there's always a double standard of everything. Mm -hmm. But I think women need to learn to come together mm -hmm. and um, support each other. You know, we were, we're gatherers. We're supposed to be there for each other. We're supposed to, there's an energy that goes with that. And do you remember, did you ever play the game levitation or light as a feather as a child? 
I remember it, but I always felt like I, I didn't, it didn't apply. So when levitation case, there are, <laughs> apply. I had to wait, I had to wait, uh, issue. So <laughs> I'd be like, I'm the thick girl. It doesn't work for me. But it does, it does. But I'll tell you, it does. I'll tell you why it does. Because I remember sitting there, for those who don't know what levitation or light as a feather is, it was a game that used to sit, when we were kids, we used to sit around in a circle and there was always one child that would lie across in the middle. Mm -hmm. And like, we try to lift that child up and nobody could. But if we did some energy, I don't know what we were doing, like meditating, levit I don't know, meditating or energy. There was an energy field that, that, came that we had no idea and all of a sudden like we would put like two fingers under this child and all of a sudden we could all lift this kid up sorry annika most people were able to be lifted yeah, up right. <laughs> but uh but the truth is you know what it, that's what it is there's this energy yeah yep. tons from that and every tribal ritual you're dancing in a circle you're together in a circle it's the healing circle that is what is so amazing and that women need to come together more. I mean, yeah, I know they're doing it tomorrow. They're going to, to Washington, D.C. to come together and, and, and voice together. And hopefully that energy will rise too. I always say it takes a village. You know, I posted it on my page yesterday. It's different when you have other like-minded women, when you have community, when you have these things, we thrive. We yeah. So much better and it's not about competition because there's enough in there for we're all different we all have different skills we all have different gifts um and we definitely complement each other if we just allow it to happen yeah yeah and i think women some women may be threatened by what i do but it's like i just use a different modality and i have a different you know we all have the same purposes to heal and help others i mean that's a given because that's who we are natural just to help mm -hmm. and take care of others it is different but it's different. I respect yeah. what you do because let me tell you something, I can appreciate it because Amen. I'm not a nurturing, like I'm a nurturing, but all of my jobs have been authoritative. Mm -hmm. So I'm a correction officer. I am a therapist. You know, I am, I don't have the, the woo, 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 the, the soft voice, the, and when I find those people, I kind of hold them dear because it's the opposite of me, which everybody needs a little bit of each different kind of thing. We all, all right. need that. You know, it's not, you only need this kind, you know, a lot of people, a lot of women whose mothers never told them that they love them, you know, they need that. Or they right. need a compassionate man. Like, so we all need that. So, like, I, I'm not intimidated by what you do. And I wish people would be more open-minded to at least trying different things. Because what you're doing, it actually allows for people to need um, more restrictive type of treatments less. You know, yes. if you get into your energy healing and your mind and your body. And if you get into the act of meditation, as you were talking about, and your energy healing, if you start journaling and, and writing and using art, you know, as you're using it, it changes the game. It changes your perception of yourself. It changes your relationship with your spouse. It changes your relationship with your children. It changes your outlook on life. And it changes your outlook on your future, you know, because you're no longer living in your past. You're no longer living with barriers because you now feel empowered, you know, to have more control over your feelings. Yes.
Absolutely. Absolutely. The empowerment is what makes the change in our life, right? So if you're afraid, you're not empowered. You know, we give up, we give our power to others when we are afraid. Way too much. Right. And so interesting that you said that I actually, Annika, I, I was just met a gentleman who works in a correction facility and he does Buddhism with these people. He's not a Buddhist, but he oh, wow. does meditation and, and, um, you know, I, I, it was interesting. He was in, um, I know that, uh, are you familiar with Trisha Brooke? Do you know who she is? Mm-hmm. She, she hosted and produced and directed, um, TEDx Lincoln Square. And so now she's doing documentaries, dinner, you know, um, I've got talk, big talks over dinners. And so I was at a, one of her screenings um, and one of them, again, was this gentleman and we got to meet him and he does amazing work. He's teaching them, his, you know, the people that work there at the correctional facility and people to breathe, to meditate, to, you know, to not, to release anger, you know, release the frustration. It changes the energy level in the whole facility. And that's the thing. I used to have to guard the chapel and so i worked at a faith-based institution and so they opened up i think 174 religions or something it might even been like hundreds more of that but it was interesting how no matter what people practice i used to tell the inmates i don't care what you do do something i don't care what you believe in believe in something because when you sit here and you believe in nothing you have nothing to look to you have nothing to look forward to and without faith you might as well be dead because you're sitting here and all you can do is wallow on the negative and that it can make you mentally ill and physically ill but a lot of people that's all they have you know and i i used to fight you know i came from a lineage of women with uh psychic powers and with spirituality and even my mom she introduced me to a lot of different um practices and i used to fight it but now that i look back i have always had this I remember as a little girl feeling things in the house and seeing things and running down the hall and, and all these things. And I finally started appreciating it. You know, I was like, you know what? That's not, it's not, it's not a um, curse. It's actually a gift. Yeah. Because you can tell the negative energy versus the positive. I, I agree with you. It's, it's just a matter of just accepting it and being in tune and, and as you said, practicing, you know? Right, right. It's funny that you said that because as a child, I, I didn't realize I was saying mantras because I didn't know what a mantra was, no. you know? I remember, I don't know if you were, I don't know how old you are, but when I was younger, we used to have the phone calls. You would call up to know what the weather was like or you had a phone number to call up the you know time. Oh, yes, we used to have to do that to set the clock. Right. So we used to do that. And there was also a phone number for a uh, progressive body scan, which I had no idea. Like yoga, like you just really? relax your feet, relax your, you know, your whole body. And I would do it because, oh, I thought that was so cool. But I didn't know anything about this. This is just like my friends would do it and we would just do it for fun. Wow. Here I was doing levitation. I was doing that thing. I was doing, you know, mantras before I even knew what a mantra was. Um, so a lot of things I look back like, wow, I, I, it was in me and I had mm-hmm. faith in God. I've always had faith in God. Um, and my mother was artistic and she was dance. She was dancing and creative. So I must've got it from her. And like, 
think back that um, she held back what she was thinking because, you know, my father was, you know, strict <laughs> and, you know, yep. Yep. It was like, you know, don't talk nonsense, you know, and then I married my husband, you know, but yep. now he's, don't he's want to scare him off too much. Don't want to scare him. No, no, no. But my husband's come to term. He actually, <laughs> a couple like months ago or whatever, he had this PRP, he had a, a tennis elbow and he had a PRP procedure. I don't know if you're familiar with that. It's when they replaced yeah, with plasma. Yep. And he woke up in the middle of the night. I should, should I be saying this online? <laughs> he woke up in the middle of the night and um, he was so much pain. His, his elbow was in so much pain. So I like told him, come cuddle here. I put my hand on his heart and I put the other hand on his elbow. And I just like said, just try to go to sleep, you know, calmly, you know, mm-hmm. I started breathing slowly with him and like, I'm telling you, he was out like that. And the next day, he's like, I said, you finally fell asleep right away. He said, yeah, I was so tired. I was like, I hope you didn't do that energy stuff on me. I said, I did, but I'm not telling you. <laughs> Too late now, it worked. Too late. <laughs> Too late. But you know what? It's such a gift. And, you know, a lot of people need it. And I wish more people tapped into it. Um, can you tell listeners how to find you? Yes, um, you can find me on artmensheart.com. You can find me on all social medias. You have Facebook at artmensheart's. You have um, Instagram at artmensheart's one word, and, and Twitter also artmensheart's one word. LinkedIn Susan Greif, or maybe Susan Horn Greif. I don't remember my my maiden name is Horn, but I don't remember if I use that or not. Um, or you can email me at artmensheart's at gmail.com. And if you had one thing that you wanted listeners to know about you or something you want them to take away, what would it be? I think it's about, um, there's, there's a couple of steps to change. The first step is willingness. If you're not willing, it's not happening. Mm -hmm. The second step is awareness. The third step is um, focusing and, and, you know, focusing so that you can think and then finally take actions to make changes. And I'd be happy to offer your audience a 30 minutes complimentary phone call if they have any questions they'd like to ask me. Um, just email me at artmansheart at gmail.com. If you like me to interpret a drawing, I'd be happy to do that within a phone call. Interpreting drawings. That's what I do. I interpret drawings. Ooh, ooh. So it's not just about, okay, let's paint. It's more about, let me see what's in your drawing and help you find what the issue is. You know, I look at your, your, the meeting you chose, I, the colors, your strokes, the patterns, the placement, the size, what's missing, what's there that shouldn't be there, et cetera, et cetera. Boundaries between what and who. I love it because I uh, used that in psychology um, when I used to work in child welfare. Yeah. That is a, it's a, it's a thing people don't even know about. Yeah. Yeah. I actually worked in an inner city school in Manhattan and, you know, with, I, with, I just felt my, my heart broke for them. So it was such a great medium to use. Mm-hmm. And people said, like, what? You know, I don't can't draw. I said, listen, if I can interpret a three-year-old's, you know, drawing, exactly. I think, you know, you can. Just, just put it to paper. Don't even worry about it. That's not what it's even about. Just let me just put exactly. your 
Just put it right. on. Right. Right. It's not your drawing. It's the process. Exactly. That is beautiful. And, and it's extremely powerful. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you um, for having me. Breath of fresh air. And oh, thank you. If you need any type of energy healing, or if you just need to talk to her, or if you would like to work with her as far as her art and interpretation, I think this is an amazing woman. And I think that what you're doing is a very um, safe uh, way for people to begin the process of healing because a lot of people don't know what it looks like and they don't know how to ask for help. And I think that what you're doing is a perfect, perfect. Uh, yes. So. And the other thing I'd like to offer to women, don't be afraid to ask for help. Mm. It's okay. It's okay to voice what your needs are. Somebody told you to be quiet, but don't. Okay, that's when you scream out loud. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. All right, listeners. Well, we want to thank Susan Gray for being here. And she is with Art Art Men's Hearts and Arts Art Men's Hearts at gmail.com. You can also find her on nobodygreaterinc.com podcast page. And I want to thank you guys for tuning in to another edition of Your Voice, Your Power with Anika. Stay powerful. Yay!